Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the pet sitter guru and founder of Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hello, friends. Welcome to week three of the sales funnel series I have. So a little bit of an overview, backtracking to week one. Week one, of course, we talked about marketing and sales funnels, just giving you a general overview. I explained what upstream and downstream marketing were and how you take a client through your sales funnel from awareness to the purchase process to nurturing that client after the sale. If you did not watch that, go back a couple weeks and watch week one because this is just kind of consecutively rolling through the entire process week by week. And then last week, we had the opportunity to talk about those um, marketing dollars, how you want to strategically use your marketing dollars, figuring out what your spend is going to be and budgeting that in, of course, figuring out a way to track those incoming contacts. So you have a great tracking system and figuring out, of course, your ROI, and then also looking into a way to build that into tracking the metrics for your entire company to see how you are doing. So between week one and week two, that was really the strategic foundation for how to set up a good marketing program in your company. You want to have all of those elements built in. So when you start pumping that money out there, you know that you're putting it into the right places. Otherwise, if you don't, it's going to be leaking out of your funnel and not dropping down into actual revenue into your company. Now we are going to talk this week about getting more people into your funnel. So you remember on week one, we had the nice little picture of the funnel with the arrows going in. So that is actually the marketing efforts that you have going into the top of that funnel. And we want to make sure that the top of that funnel is as full as possible. So we want to keep those people coming in. And one of the ways to do that is to have a piece of high value information for your community of pet owners to want from you to want to exchange their email address to get whatever this item is of high value. So let's talk a little bit about getting emails from potential future clients. I talked in the last week's series about, of course, we certainly hope that is my cat jumping on my table. Um, if you guys have not met my butterscotch yet, here we go. He's usually the one that's hanging out with me. And I know he's completely interrupting my video today, but he is super cute. And we all know about the great interrupters in life that are adorable, but when they want treats, they want them now. So that was my butterscotch. Um, so let me rewind a little bit, try to pick up where I was leaving off. That's the joy of live video, of course. So, um, of course, we have traditional ways of marketing. That is your awareness and that is your direct response marketing. I talked last week about getting emails that hopefully you're already getting email addresses from the forms that are coming in, even if they don't result in closed business 
from any phone calls that you get. Hopefully you intentionally figure out a way of questioning to get those email addresses. Email addresses are an asset. So they are a definite marketing asset to your company because those, as long as they're permission based email addresses, I'm not talking about going out and purchasing, purchasing a uh, group of email addresses from some marketing company. I'm talking about one of your potential clients exchanging their email address for something that they consider to be valuable. That's permission based email marketing. So those are a huge asset to your company because you own those. A lot of people rely on social media and oh, they get all excited and toot their little horn saying, I've got 5,000 Instagram followers and they're all excited over this. That is all well and good unless Meta decides to change something about their platform and you no longer have as good of access to them as you used to. Or you're super excited because you have 3,000 Facebook followers and I'm so special because I've got the most in my area. Again, that is nothing if Meta decides to change their platform, which they are doing now. And we are still trying to figure out how that is going to affect Facebook marketing for businesses going forward. If you hadn't heard, uh, Meta, Facebook, whatever, Meta, um, they have determined that the um, TikTok, China, that they are getting too much market share and Facebook is actually declining in numbers. So now they want to be more TikTok-like, which I'm not into TikTok. Sorry, guys. I am not going to be your TikTok expert. But Meta now wants to be more like TikTok. So what they're going to start doing is weighing more heavily on content creators. And content creators are going to be the ones that are going to be pushed forward, like these TikTok style, quick little nugget, entertaining videos. So uh, from what I've seen of the platform changes, whenever you log into Facebook, there's going to be the actual home section that is going to be more heavily focused on content creators. Then you're going to have a separate feed that is going to be your friends and family. So they're really trying to separate those two. You're going to see some pretty dynamic changes in that. Uh, so not only do we have to be concerned if we're using social media that the platforms could change and we no longer have the same access to the likes and followers that we had before, but you can also be turned off at any point. Uh, case in point, uh, we have some friends of ours that have a darling little um, uh, children's boutique in Southeast Missouri. And um, they've been around, oh geez, getting ready to come up on my 30th uh, high school anniversary. And I think they've probably been around 40, 45 years, very long time. Uh, so they had 3000 Facebook followers and relied a lot on that to get information about upcoming sales, uh, new items that have come into the boutique out to their community. Facebook shut them down with no previous, no, it wasn't like Facebook jail. Literally, they lost their entire account. They have tried to go to Facebook and find out what's going on to see if they can retrieve anything, but nothing. They tried for months. So they have started a new Facebook account. And I mean, she is devastated because now they've got maybe 100 people back, but she never collected 
email addresses. So she has no way to contact those people. Don't get stuck in that. Email addresses are an asset. So you want to make sure that you have a way of getting your community to exchange their email address by providing them, again, something of value. So that is our job today is to talk about what is that thing of value going to be and how you can get and organize those email addresses going forward. First of all, let's talk about how you're going to do that. That is with a lead magnet. You have probably heard about this other times before. We're going to dig down a bit more into it. I want to start piquing your interest, getting some ideas flowing of how you can create something like this that is going to benefit your community, benefit that target audience that we define back in our upstream marketing and start getting more of those inquiries coming into your funnel along with their email addresses so you can continue nurturing them. So I'm gonna talk about some different kinds of um, lead magnets that are great to use for our industry to try to get your juices flowing on that. So. You could have just a downloadable PDF um, on answering specific questions, something that they might be interested in. So um, nine things to check before you choose your pet care provider. Or I've seen um, top five steps to a perfect puppy. A lot of times these types of PDF downloadables are going to have a super unique title, typically some number-based thing. So when someone sees it, they're like, ooh, wow, I'm going to get the top 10 something or another's. Um, so that is a very intriguing thing to get them to download. You always want to make sure it has a very catchy title, saucy title, something that makes people want to exchange their email address to get this piece of great information. Uh, another one might be an actual information guide. I had created one during our, yeah, I was, I guess, during COVID, towards the end of COVID, about helping your dog with separation anxiety, how to identify it, how to help them through it, different tips, things like that. And it was a full guide that was a downloadable for them. Something like that would be a possibility. Many courses, if you, maybe you do dog training along with your pet care and you want to come up with a little mini course, uh, you know, maybe a four or five day challenge, something like that, that you can put out to your clients. They sign up for it once and for the next five days, they get a little mini course on um, how to keep your dog from begging during dinner time. We'll come up with something there. So you teach them a little challenges on each day of what they need to do delivered to them by email that offers high value, especially to those that have the poor puppies that sit there and like look super beggy beggy until you totally give in and give them a treat. I, I don't ever do that though. I'm sure you don't either. Um, you know, maybe you want to have something that is called drip marketing. I know several of you have heard this term and have been con uh, confused what drip marketing means. This is an automated email process that you set up that drips out automatically to a client over a period of time. So to use an example, let's say you want to focus on a market segment of people who have new puppies. That's what you really want to focus on is getting them in when they're puppies. So you have them for the life of the client, the puppy, you're starting at the beginning. 
So you want to develop a drip marketing campaign for uh, 14 days to a perfect puppy or, you know, 14 days of puppy training tips. So anyone who has a puppy would see that and be like, wow, that's really cool. So they exchange their email address and you have a drip campaign preset up that delivers to them every day for the next 14 days, maybe um, an email with some training tips. Maybe it's a little video of you showing training tips or whatever. That is high value. So that is providing something to that community of puppy owners that they maybe have not found anywhere else very unique. Another option would be a quiz. Quizzes are great fun. You know, the what Disney princess are you? Um, you? You guys probably, well, you've seen my quiz, of course, to figure out what phase of business owner you're in. I also have one for my business. What type of breed are you? Those are very fun for people to um, go in there, find out some information about you, get these specific tips that you're trying to get to them. So quizzes are very fun to do. Uh, another one might be a podcast. Maybe you love talking to yourself like I do and you want to get a podcast started. Now, these are a lot easier than you think they are. Um, I have started one myself and am just completely enjoying it. I now have one on the client side also. So you can have a public podcast. You can also have a private podcast, which is great. You allow access to only the people you want to have access. So that can be something that you have as your lead magnet is sign up for our private podcast and you can have it be educational. You can have it be fun and entertaining. You can make it whatever you want it to be. So that is another idea for you is podcasting. Um, maybe webinars. Uh, it takes a lot to do a webinar because typically they're going to be more time intensive. You're going to have something that's going to be, you know, 30, 60 minutes for a webinar, but that is great because you can lead into it. You can get excitement going and have registrations. Then you will actually have people on the webinar with you and you can follow up with them afterwards. And this doesn't have to be um, something overblown. It can be on a niche subject. Maybe you are a groomer and you really want to, well, educate doodle owners more than anything else but decrease the amount of ridiculous dogs that come in that are so matted because no one has been properly taking care of them like they should be. So maybe you want to do a webinar on how to properly take care of your doodle at home to prevent a complete shave down the next time they come in. You know, honestly, doodle people, we all just kind of roll our eyes. So um, that is an opportunity for you there is creating a webinar. An ebook can be a great thing if you've got a lot of specific knowledge on a subject. You can create an ebook that is a downloadable. That can be a great opportunity. Those can be, you know, significant length, or you know, you can have a little shorter ebook, a nice down, down dirty one. That's perfect. Um, something as simple as a template. You can create a checklist for someone on traveling with their pet or, you know, packing list for their pet. Lots of different opportunities of things that you can do. So hopefully a few of those made you think, hey, I can do that. So definitely start thinking about what is a great lead magnet for you. I usually recommend developing several different ones. Once you get started, you'll come up with different ideas 
make sure you always bank those ideas. Anytime you see something that uh, piques your interest, I know I always pull out my cell phone, I go to my notes app and I immediately speak my ideas into my notes app. So I always have them to go back and reference to. It's amazing how I'll just be out doing something and it's like something will just pass through my mind and I have to grab it right then and put it down somewhere. Otherwise it's gone forever. Maybe that's just me. But uh, I use my notes app for that. So, you know, getting started on this might make you think of other great ideas. I usually recommend that you put a fresh lead magnet out every month or two months. You can keep, of course, the others on a back burner. You can freshen it up and put it out later. So it's not like I'm saying you have to develop 12 lead magnets you can repurpose these lead magnets. So different ideas, different types that you put out there, and then just make sure that you are measuring which ones, which types seem to speak to your target audience the best. So you need to have a system to collect these emails when they start coming in to make sure that you can segment these people and make sure you give them future information that they need. Of course, understanding if you are putting out something on training a puppy, those emails that are coming in are probably people that have puppies. So if you tag those when they come into your system saying puppy, then you will be able to sort for them. If you have a puppy program or a promotion for puppies, anything like that, you can target those people directly that you know had a puppy interest. This can all be done with a CRM, which is Customer Relationship Management Software. There are a lot of these out on the market. Know your pet care software is not a CRM. Yes, most of them out there do allow you to email clients and in a lot of cases, bulk email clients based off of certain segments that you create. You absolutely can do that. But a true CRM is going to bring someone into your database and it is going to automatically, or you can automatically set up that entire nurturing process for them. Um, you know, it's, it's a very beefed up system, a lot of capabilities to a really good CRM. So this is creating those drip campaigns, like I mentioned, where you can have someone that contacts you and you send them an email day one, day three, day five, day seven, day 10, day 14, whatever you want. It just automatically will send emails that you create. So CRMs are a beautiful thing for automation making your life easier and making your perspectives and your clients feel extra special and taken care of. So um, I will link down below in the comments or in, if this, you're seeing this is in the podcast, I will link into the podcast some of the ones that are easiest to use. Uh, there are probably most of them that have freemium options where you can start with just a basic membership for up to a certain number of contacts. Typically, you're going to see 500 contacts being free. Um, I think uh, I think one of them might have up to 1,000 contacts before you have to pay for the services. It might be a more limited offering and you don't have all the options in there, but 
it is going to give you a little bit to get started with. One thing you want to make sure is you find something that allows you the ability to create landing pages. Um, I mean, there are other ways to do this, but I can honestly say that unless you use WordPress and you do your own WordPress uh, design like I do and you put in your own iframes, if you don't even know what I'm talking about, you want to have a CRM that has um, that has uh, landing pages built into it. So you want to make sure that whatever you use, it has that ability. So what that does, it will create a specific landing page. So if someone wants your, like in my case, if you look at my website, it says, you know, hey, take this cool quiz, determine what breed you are. They click the button and that is linked to your landing page where you ask for their first name and their email address. And this is all automated, first name, email address. They hit submit and they immediately get delivered whatever it is that they're requesting. Plus in your CRM, you have set up a campaign to go with that. Not only will they get that initial delivery system, they will also get your initial welcoming nurturing sequence. And they will get, I usually recommend six emails um, on specific days over the next two weeks that is going to introduce your company, present them with the messaging that you really want them to know about you and your company and how you can solve the specific problems that they have. So that is the beauty of that. It is all automatic. And then you have that email address to continue nurturing them with the rest of your clients with your regular information that you put out. So you see how that makes things a whole heck of a lot easier. Plus, you're really showing how relational that you are in your community. So beautiful, beautiful. And one other thing I wanted to mention, um, I know there are probably some of you that are like, wow, 500? Like, geez, I don't want to have to pay a lot of money for this. So I have more than 500 contacts. So unless you have been collecting emails already on a regular basis, I definitely recommend that you clean up your database. I see all the time uh, people out there saying, oh, I have 2000 clients and blah, 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 blah. I have a very clean database. Typically, I tell people to uh, go into their software programs to really have a very clean, realistic database of people that you're talking to and, you know, clean it up about every two years, which means deactivate those people. We have the majority of clients, if they have not used us in a two-year cycle, they've probably moved, we're in a very transient area, um, or their pets have passed and they have not told us, so many different considerations in there. We deactivate them. If they contact us, we do reactivate them, but they are on our lower tier priority list when we're looking at busy times of the year. So we do keep ours clean. We recommend two years. I'm recommending to people at this point that if they have not used you at all since COVID, they're probably in that low bucket too. So if you really go through and you're honest about your list, um, you probably don't have 2,000 active clients. Uh, you might have 2,000 active clients, but I have a very, very high revenue and I have 450 active clients, which means I have 450 people. I like to keep mine closer to a year. I have 450 people who have used us 
guess, technically in the last year. So um, if you look at it from that situation, I technically could go into a freemium on a CRM. I just wouldn't have much space to grow on that. So just kind of wanted to put that in perspective. I mean, unless you are grossing, let's say $3 million a year, you probably don't have 2000 active clients. Um, so clean that up and that will let you know truly how many clients you need to move into a system like that. Now you might want to consider out of those 2000 people, unless you do send out emails to them regularly, there might be some that would um, unsubscribe because they're not interested in your services anymore. If you haven't heard from them in a while, if they're on your list of 2000 people that you've ever serviced, maybe you haven't talked to them in five years, it's probably not worth nurturing them at this point. So you need to take all that into account. So make sure that you've got that list. We've got several actionable items in this video. I know it's a lot coming in all at once, but action items for you to work on for this next week. Of course, go back to week one and week two. Make sure you've got all of that structure set up. But for this week, we are going to determine what kind of lead magnet you are going to develop that is going to speak to your target audience. It's going to be high value to have them exchange their email address for it. You are going to determine what type of CRM you are going to use. Again, I'm going to link some of the, uh, I guess, more popular ones that have the freemium options with them down below. And then, of course, clean up your database so you are starting fresh when you start with your CRM. Hopefully this week has been of value to you. I would love to hear down below if you wouldn't mind answering questions for me. If you are watching this as the video, let me know what you think about this series so far. If you have any specific questions that you feel have not been answered yet, I might just tag a week on the end and do a little Q&A if there are a lot of questions that do come in. I want to make sure that like we provide value to our clients in exchange for email addresses, I want to provide value to you to make sure this is worth your time. So drop a line below. Let me know if you have any other things you would like for me to address. And um, otherwise, next week, what we are going to be talking about, we are going to roll right into how to nurture those potential clients. I'll share with you kind of my behind the scenes of how I do that and what my client experience is through our different lead magnets and nurturing that we have. So that will be full of a lot of different links and options and ideas. Would love to hear what your stage is. So again, drop comments down below where you are with all of this. Do you have a CRM? If you do, which one do you use? And do you use it to its full potential? Do you have drip campaigns set up? Um, how do you nurture your clients? Do you nurture them weekly? How do you nurture your potentials? I would love to know this. I can definitely say I am well-researched and have 25 years under my belt, but I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the options out there. So I absolutely love hearing from other people what you have that is working. So if there is something out there that I have not mentioned yet, oh, by all means, share it, share it with the community. We can all grow more together. 
hives. Like I always say, hashtag stronger in a hive, right? Thanks guys for listening this week and make sure that you make it an amazing weekend. We will talk next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetSitterGuru.com. What is your next best move? <laughs>